What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It would be a wolf's butt, eh? Hello everyone, welcome to the latest episode of the Wolves Fancast preview show. I'm your host tonight, Little Dan, and tonight I've got with me Luke and Kim. Luke, as you weren't on last uh, Sunday's uh, post-match uh, podcast after the win against Southampton, what was your opinion on the performance and the win? Fantastic win. You know, who do like winning? Winning's winning. Everyone loves a win. Um, so, you can't really grumble. Southampton, whilst... Southampton, they're one of those teams, aren't they? That, for being honest, they're a, they're a bit crap, but they can beat you on their day. And the way the game started, they had something like six corners in the first 10 or 15 minutes there. They're the, pinning us in a little bit, but, you know, as, as the game went on, we, we just grew into it. And I thought Paldens played really well again. I thought Kilman, King Kilman, as me and you call him, Dan, was absolutely fantastic. The, the, I'm just the fans so strong. glad that we got ahead of the hype and like was backing him from the start because some of their Wolves fans who was out there just can't spot a player when when you when it's right in front of them. Exactly. You, you two know. are not allowed. You're not allowed to join the club. It's closed now. There's enough. We started members. the club. We this started the club. We numerous times off camera said. Nuno isn't utilising him. He needs to play right centre back, and then he'll fully come on as a player. I'll tell you who impressed me, though, to be fair. Um, Totti Gomez. I thought, he, I thought he, he he slotted in really well. He looked comfortable. Effortless. He's a lad. He can play as well. Um, a good debut for him. So I was really pleased with that. Far again, absolutely fantastic. At, uh, he's got to be up there with one of the best keepers we've ever had. Got to be. And... I mean, we all know how good old Mickey Stell was, but Sars got to be up there. Just how good is this keeper for for us, Kim? Jose Sar. I think he's cost <coughs> us less than it's even less than seven or eight million. I mean, he's he's just riding around Compton, just having a laugh, and he's just <laughs> what more could you want in a goalkeeper apart from clean sheets and just not conceding many like he's done this season? And he's a cool guy, right? He's just, he's, he, the guy's he's, got it all. I think that just typified him when Cody scored um, the third and he literally ran the whole length of the pitch. Like, I can't imagine Rui Patricio ever doing that. And I love Rui, 
But he, he did like coming off his line. Never mind running down the other end of the pitch. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but just generally, I just feel like I felt like we were easily going to keep a clean sheet um, on Sunday. Other than obviously the flipping wonder goal that no goal, two goalkeepers probably wouldn't have saved that. Two in the net, he'd still ping it in top corner. James will prowse. So, yeah, I think you, you run out of praise for him, don't you, really? I think that's the reason, really, why our defence has been so good this season, just because I think they've got so much confidence in the fact that he's always going to either parry it, come out for it, and just release the ball faster, which... Often, I think, Rui, it wasn't his natural game to, to do that. So, yeah, pretty pretty impressive all round, really. If the government was as proactive as Jose saw, we would never have been in this situation. We'd have been back in the office 12 months ago. There'd have been no, no, no WFH, no working from home. <laughs> all that's gone out the window. It, we'd, all, we'd all been... Blast-off would have been back open. <laughs> Cheekies would have been back, back open. The world would have been a whole lot better place. Anyway, this Saturday. If, if Boris resigns, is Saar getting the job? Is that what we're saying? Give it Jose till the end of the year. <laughs> Jose Saar. No, because we... Hang on, we need him in golf for Wolves. Never mind, we're in the country. Boris has barely done the job seven days a week. I'm sure Jose can fill in now and then. <laughs> oh, Jack has just scored, by the way. Is that 1-0 Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, is it? Never mind, it's only a Mickey Mouse Cup anyway. This Saturday, 3pm, away to Brentford. Can anyone tell me Brentford's um, new stadium name? Probably something like the Brentford Community Stadium. Stadium. Answered yeah. by Dominoes. I, I was doing a little uh, audio snippet for uh, the besotted uh, Brentford podcast earlier. And there's two little moments where I'm doing my audio snippet. And you can tell I'm trying to get the name out. And I'm just like, and your new stadium. Just, I had no idea. I never went to Griffin Park. I'm going Saturday. Hopefully we can get a what good result. Called? Do you not know? No, community I, stadium. I'm just going off your yeah, word. It? It's got to, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Last time out, they did an absolute number on us. Wolves lost two 0 at home to Brentford, and Ivan Tony penalty after a Marcel mishap in off a corner, and Patrick Mbumo made it two 0 just before half time. I think if, if we were still playing that game today, we still wouldn't have scored. Jimenez missed an absolute sitter with a header, uh, a Dharma at the bar, and if you all remember back. Jimenez tried that Rabona, and I think that was one of the most comical moments of our season so far. Any memories from that game for you two that stand out? Do you know what I remember? I remember being on this podcast and saying that we'd win 3 0. That's all I remember. And then what? just playing like we were just never, ever going to score if you played for two days in that game. So, yeah, I'd, we'd like to I'd, erase that one from our memory. I had 10 men for our fair as well, and we still. Looked toothless. I'm gonna get Billy on now from the Besotted podcast. How you doing, Billy? Hello. How you doing, everybody? All good. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Glad to have you back, Billy. Hi, Billy. Can you okay, cast your well. mind back to our prediction scores in the Molyneux fixture earlier on in the year? Uh, tell you something. I can't. I mean, at that stage, let me see. I was probably being quite cagey. I probably went for a two-all draw or something like that. Was it? I think it was more the fact that 
Kim to your right on the screen predicted Wolves to win 3 0. Oh, yeah. And I predicted Wolves to win 4 0. Okay. So it was quite an embarrassing podcast looking back, but you guys did an absolute number on us, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it was quite a good day out in all, actually. I mean, it was uh, it made up for the fact it was a twelve thirty kickoff, which is uh, which isn't great, but it's one of them things that we had to do. It was very early on in our Premier League adventure, as we could say, and uh, yeah, it was it was a laugh actually. You know, it was great. You know, I remember coming up in the car with my daughter and my mate. You know, getting there early, found a found a booze that actually opened before eleven o'clock, as well. And uh, like I said to you, and it's quite a sunny day. You know, and I remember also actually by the side of the pitch, you had the old fire. You had all the fire going as well. Um, um, sort of like almost sort of, sort of burnt people's eyebrows out actually as these flames came from the side of the pitch. That was quite bizarre. But, um, it's a weekly occurrence, that is though. Is it? Oh my God. It is. Part yeah. of our um, intimidating atmosphere process. Wow, wow. They need we'll to get the they need to put they need they need to put a few disclaimers and a few warnings for people just to just to let them know. We're but, just trying um, to get the, the 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 temperature gauge right before we play West Brom right again. I see. No, I hear that. Well, uh, you know, and I'm just going to throw a pun in there, but it obviously fired up our boys actually for the game. So, you Most know, definitely. so it was a good, yeah, no, it, it was a good. Hotter, we used What's to that? we used to put fireworks into the fans back in the day. It used to be hotter. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, no, we actually so, did. No, One no, game, no. yeah, but in, 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 was it an FA Cup game? It was against Newcastle. Against Newcastle. No, it was Newcastle, Newcastle in the Premier League, was yeah. it? Literally, yeah. uh, Billy, yeah. we, we had a firework that went haywire and hit a fan in the, in the <laughs> oh, face. Oh, no. That's, that's probably like 15, 16, 17, 18 mm. years ago now. Well before um, health and, and safety was a thing. And then it happened again, didn't it? Didn't it, like a few seasons ago? When it, we started from that one, fireworks didn't again. We never oh, learned the, the lessons yeah. down the wall. Straight yeah. fireworks all over the place, and what happens happens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you we went into that match. We hadn't. Uh, we beat Arsenal, but other than that, I think we had a couple of draws. We, we we drew at Villa, and we drew at um we drew at Villa, and we drew also away at Crystal Palace, and then we'd lost to Brighton with a last minute goal. I think it was after the international break. So we came into that game sort of one win, but we were all just happy to be there because we're in the Premier League. And uh, I think for me, I, I was thinking to myself, like you were creating, we talked about it, you were creating a lot of chances, but you weren't putting them in the back of the net as it was. And I came in, I remember on this podcast, and I said to you, the thing is that, you know, you can't go around and start creating all those chances, so many chances and not put them in the back of the net forever. Somebody's going to come a bit of a cropper. But, you know, and I was, you know, a little bit worried that we might be in the team that was going to be the one that came up against it against you. So I think I was hoping, and I can't remember, that I was hoping if we can get a result, if we can get a draw up at Wolves, that would be a good result for, for, for us. Um, but, you know, things kind of went our way. We came out, you know, there's old school Brentford and new school Brentford, as I call it. And we were old school Brentford there where we were fighting for every ball. You know, the fight in midfield was there. Ivan Tony was chomping at the bit to, to, to score a goal that day, which he scored a great goal. It was actually, it was actually his, that was his first goal or his only goal in open play before last night. He scored a, a goal against uh, uh, Man United, uh, uh, you know, in midweek this week. And uh, that was his first goal in open play other than that, you know, Ivan Tony. But, you know, you know, I thought we put up a good show against Wolves who, you know, listen, you know, you've obviously proven since then that you're, you're a good team. You know, you know, you, you play good football, you know this division and you know how to kind of manoeuvre yourself around this division. But, um that, that was old school Brentford before uh, before injuries took their toll and the injuries have really taken their toll on us now and we're we're very much a different team 
than the team that you saw that came down to you um, back in September. What was your thoughts on last night's defeat uh, at home to Man United 3-1? Was a flattering scoreline, shall we say, from my point of view? Yeah, I mean, it was flattering. You know, I mean, Thomas Frank uh, said his thing after the... Uh, after the match, which got Man United fans very upset, like, you know, but the thing about Thomas Frank, you have to understand, he's not rude, he's uh, he's Scandinavian, and Scandinavians just say it as it is, and he came out, and he said it as it is, and he just basically, in effect, he says, we battered Man United in the first half, but we didn't put the ball, he goes, yeah, we didn't put the ball in the back of net, he says, I know about all that nonsense, he goes, which is true, but he goes, you know, we didn't take our chances, um, but we played very well, so as far as he's concerned, he's, he's the way Brentford operate, and I said this before, you know, uh, if if we're creating chances, um, that's a good thing. If we're not creating chances, it's a bad thing. You know, if we create chances and put the ball in the back of the net, that's a very good thing. You know, and there's an argument to say that, you know, if you're creating lots of chances and your players aren't putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, if you, you know, if you brought in an expensive player from another team and put them on the end of those chances, that player would put the ball in the back of the net. So you're better off being in that position than being in the team which is not creating any chances, then you think, oh, no, I've got, to, I've got to bring in a striker and get them to score. And you're thinking, well, that's, if you're not creating the chances, you're still going to score, you see. So Thomas is very much of that mentality. So, And he believes it didn't happen against Man United, but if we continue to do this for the rest of the season, I haven't got any problems because we're going to score at some stage. So, you know, he did that. And, you know, in that first half, we we could have been at least 2-0 two, two up, if not 3-0 up. And if we'd gone 3-0 up at half-time, it would have been a different situation in the second half. But we didn't go to, uh, to uh, two or three nil up at half-time. We were nil all at half-time. And all us Brentford fans, even though we were very happy with the um, performance at half-time, we just thought, I wonder if this is going to cost us. Obviously, Man United went in, got a rollicking from Ralph at half-time. And they came out in the second half. And, you know, they were, I say, a different team. They took the game to us. They're a lot less passive, you know. And, uh, and you know, they've got great, great players. You know, everyone can slag them off, but I'm not really funny. They're Man United and their players cost a lot of money and they're, they're, they're very good at what they do if they if get into the position, you know. So they got in the position and they scored, you know, they scored some good goals. They, you know, and, and we can't deny, deny that. So, you know, Brentford fans went away a little bit disappointed, but they were actually not that disappointed because we felt we let ourselves down at Southampton where we were terrible. And against Liverpool, where we weren't really that much at the races either, to be quite honest with you. But it is Liverpool, but it's no excuses. So we thought, mm, Man United, if, we, if we're the same, we're gonna, we, we could really let ourselves down. Yes, they scored three goals in the second half. But, you know, listen, they deserve to score the three goals. But it, it's almost like, you know, Liverpool, compare Liverpool and the Man United. And we put up much of a fight, uh, more of a fight against Man United. And, and could have definitely had that game. Two, like I said, one or two nil, you go up. It's a different game in the second half. Man United have to come at you. Um, we love teams when they start coming at us as well, but it, it wasn't to be. But I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, I'm very philosophical about this season. I just want us to stay up. I know that, you know, if we stay up, then that will create more opportunity for us next season. So we have to be realistic. And um, I said after we beat Aston Villa on the 2nd of January, after we beat Aston Villa and we, um, they, they went 1-0 up um, and then a uh, very good goal, actually, that they scored. Um, and then we came back and we scored, you know, two goals. I think it was in the second half, but we came back and went, went but 2-1. The Villa fans were really, really gutted and they couldn't quite understand how we beat them. And, you know, there's an argument to say maybe we shouldn't have. It's one of those games where, you know, we got the result. 
But after that game, the 2nd of, of, of January, I mean, I turned around on the podcast and I said, oh, to be honest with you, we don't need to sort of win another game till probably the end of February now. Sort of kind of working out how the Premier League goes because I was just thinking, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves now. We've got Man City, we've got, you know, we've got Man United, we've got Liverpool, we've got, you know, Wolverhampton, we've got, you know, Man City coming up. And I'm not being negative, but I just thought, let's just tailor ourselves down. Win this game, you know, we're in a half-decent position. Let's just look at the next game that we realistically think, that, you know, maybe we should win, you know, which might be something like Newcastle at home, which is going to be a game where, you know, again, you're looking at picking points at, which is towards the end of, end of, end of February. And then you start looking at March and April and, you know, we probably need to win three stroke, four more games to stay up in this division. So for me, I'm looking at the long term and thinking as long as between now and May, we can win four more games. I'm, I'm quite happy about that. So, uh, so yeah, I think you're averaging something like one win a month. I think is it at the moment? I think you was it something like I saw a stat like you'd, you'd won one game every month from Wolves with the one in August or something like something daft like that. For those that didn't watch the game last night, Billy, what was the tactical change that Man United made against your Brentford side there? Uh, well, the ta- you said the tactical change. What you mean in the second half? Yeah, Thomas Frank did make a comment, didn't he? That Man United yeah. had to change their system against Little Brentford. That's right. I mean, basically, what's happened is that they and they're going to check it. They went because basically we played three stroke five at the back. Um, you know, is what we played. And in the second half, I think to combat what we were doing, I think Man United went uh, three stroke five at the back as well. You know, and they sort of brought the bring backs into play again. You know, we we chatted to United We Stand, which is the, the United fanzine beforehand as well, and they were talking about how Ralph is coming in and what he's trying to do is he's trying to get Man United, if I remember rightly, to start playing a different system to what they're normally used to. Now, what I think, and again, you know, I'll have to sort of check this out, is that maybe you know he's either having problems or or the team decided that they feel more comfortable playing one particular way. And it wasn't working out for them. So Ralph actually probably kind of instilled into them, right, here we go. We're going to be doing this wing back, wing back thing that I told you about. And they did it. And 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 it obviously paid off for them, you know. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's what Th- Thomas was talking about. I think what, I think more to the point what Thomas is was saying is that, um, you know, he goes, he's basically, I think he's saying, just don't, you know, don't put us down. I'm not saying that you're putting us down, but you don't put us down because at the end of the day, we had a particular plan which was working, but we didn't score, you know, and the fact that Man United, through all their history and their wealth and everything like that, had to change things up to kind of match what we're doing, which is what a good manager should do. He just thought that you've got to kind of also tip your hat to kind of what we were doing. And 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 I think what he does is he takes the heat off the players a bit. You know, people saying, you didn't score those goals, you know, what you're doing. And he's just saying, well, they did everything right, but score. And Man United had to change what they were doing to actually kind of compete against us. So that's, I, I think, Thomas, I think I quite like what he does, where he he likes to take the heat off the players a lot. You know, whereas a lot of managers sometimes you see they go in and they'll they'll blame the players straight up, which uh, I don't know how that goes down in the dressing room afterwards. But fair play to Thomas. Kim, are you with us, Kim? I am. Yeah. Okay. Saturday's game, three-one against Southampton. Who stood out from our lineup? Uh, for you to give some advice to Billy. Um, it was it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really, because I guess going forward, I don't think I don't think we were 
particularly great. I thought everyone was okay. Um, I think it was more around the how well defensively we played. I think I said on the the podcast on Sunday. I think for me, um, Kilman and Saar were absolutely outstanding, and I guess. We were actually really good, I think, moving going forward from centre back. So there was a lot of chances for Kilman, Cody when they came up from corners. I think we look a real threat in the air now. Um, obviously, I suppose you could say Pedence has been in form um, the last few sort of games. Look really sharp. Looks like he's actually going to create create some chances. So yeah, I suppose you you could say Pedence. I guess the wing backs are obviously sort of looking like they they could create and and get the ball in the box early. So yeah, um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think we're actually more we're solid as opposed to looking like we're gonna hit three or four a game, despite actually hitting three the last two games. But I can't see us I can't see us scoring more than one or against Brentford. I, I think it I think if we're gonna get the win, it's gonna be a scrappy one nil where we defend for our lives and then maybe nick a goal in the second half. Um I'm definitely not gonna be overconfident after after what happened last time. Luke, there's the old saying about you should never change a winning side, but Ruben never has declared himself fit for Saturday's game. Does he come back in for Dendonka for you? Yeah, straight away. Straight away, if, if Nevers is fit, he plays, and he, you know, he's, he's, a, he's the main man at the minute. I think the way he's played this season, long term, we have to build the team around him. It's as simple as that. So if he's fit, he plays. Um, just touching on what, on what I'm saying, I'm just looking at our away form this season, and I think we've only scored more than one goal. Twice away in the league this season. Watford and Villa, isn't it? Yeah. One, two, three, four blanks away from home. So it's one of them. I think. I mean, I don't know if we're doing predictions, but yeah, if if, if we could take a one nil, I think I think you take it. I think the you way take those it. Um, tactical lineups are uh, set out there, Billy. You've got sort of an extra man in the middle of that midfield. Um, who's the sort of the, the holding midfielder in those three between Jensen, Norgard and Janelt? Norgard. Norgard is our CDM. He's, I mean, and when he's on his game again, he's a quality CDM. He uh, he played against England in the European um, Championship semi-final at Wembley as well. Like, you know, in fact, when England played um, Denmark, uh, over in Denmark, was it in the, it might have been the Nations League or one of those matches uh, when they beat us 1-0, I think it was. And he actually got player of the match in that. He's honestly, he's a brilliant when he's on his. He's a brilliant player when he's when he's on his game. So he plays. Uh, he plays CDM. Yanel um, can also play in that position as well. So if uh, Norgard's injured, he'll actually play in that position. And Yanel is a. He's a bit of a sort of kind of what's that a firebrand, but he's a player who's he's all over the place. He really is. I think he he got he either got COVID or he got injured recently. So he's not quite been the same as he has been. As of recently, but yeah, he's, you know, again, they're great, you know, he's a great player. I mean, the, the argument that we have is um, sometimes, you know, in our midfield, because we have got injuries and I'm not making that excuses at all, but it's looking for the creativity where we've got kind of uh, quite sort of solid kind of tackling, breaking up tech type players in the midfield 
but looking for the creativity now. The creativity comes from Jensen uh, at the moment now, and Jensen's the guy who missed uh, the three chances against Man United. You know, when he's one on one with the keeper again, he did great in uh, in getting into his positions, but his conviction wasn't quite the same. And he's the kind of player. Whereas if you're in that position, you probably wouldn't want him to be the one to be trying to put the ball into the back of the net. Um, we have a bit of an in joke on the Besotted podcast, and like say you can check us out, Pride of West. Dot London because we're actually going to record our podcast Friday, so it should be out for the Wolves fans and the Beast fans to check that out as well. Um, but we have a little joke as to whether or not it's going to be good Jensen or bad Jensen going to be turning up for any match, and uh, we've had sort of quite a few bad Jensens as of late. Um, but for the Man United game, we think it was actually good Jensen that turned up, except for uh, his shooting ability wasn't as good as it should normally be. But um, also just looking at the lineups, as you say, because like I said, we, we we went we went three at the back, straight five at the back last back in the last season championship season because we came a little bit of a cropper when we had a few injuries, which actually kind of misbalanced our side and our usual four three three wasn't working for us as well, and we were getting of quite a few draws and I think a few losses, uh, which uh, which we weren't expecting. So we went three five at the back, and it worked for us. And we come into this season, going three at the five at the back as well. Um, so what, what what I'll say is how it's how it's worked is that uh, obviously David Raya, you know about him, brilliant goalkeeper, out for five months. So he he was out from October and he's not back till probably March if we're lucky, you know. And it, and he this is absolutely this is just kippered us massively because we did, I didn't realise and I, I put my end up and I'll say that I thought you know David Raya, I know he's a great goalkeeper, just put in another goalkeeper. All he just needs to do is save the ball and it'll be fine. But you didn't realise how much he important he is to steadying the defence, you know, um, being a sweeper keeper as he is, who can sort of take on, you know, uh, forwards, you know, kind of sort of nutmeg them and then play the ball 30 yards down to a midfielder or a striker or put the ball in the back of the net. All these things, we missed that massively um, when he came in. And the, and the substitute keeper was actually Fernandes, who played for, he played about 10 or 11 games. Uh, he was only a lone keeper who came in and he's... You know, this is not his fault. He's been parachuted in and he made quite a few mistakes, um, it has to be said. But also, you know, he's pulled off quite a few saves. But I think the one thing is that, you know, if you see a goalkeeper, you could see whether or not the, the defence is comfortable with a goalkeeper in front of them. And uh, there's a question mark as to whether they, they, they were or not with Fernandez. So uh, after the, was it the Southampton game or you know, the Liverpool game, um, um, we brought in another subkeeper that we actually brought in from Denmark, which is Lossel. We brought him in from uh, FC Michelin, which is the the club that our owner owns in uh, in in Denmark. And he actually used to play for Everton and also played for Huddersfield when they were in the Premier League as well. And we brought him in, and he was inverted commas meant to be the substitute to Fernandez. But after a few games, all of a sudden he seems to be slotted into the side. So he played against Man United. Um, he didn't make any actual saves as such, I don't think. So people are putting their question marks saying, oh, OK, is he, is he any good? But the one thing that I'd say about him, I've noticed, is that he he's 32 years old and he is an experienced keeper. And he points, he's, you know, when pointing, goalkeeper's just pointing there, there, all over the place. So he's sort of commanding the area, commanding his box, you know, and doing things as goalkeepers do. So that'll be interesting. You know, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be in goal on Saturday as well. Also, I noticed, you know, um, I think that Rico Henry's going to be back. He's been injured. Um, so he's going to be playing at left wing back. And also, interestingly, Ayer is another player who's been missing, who since he's been out of the side, we've just, our, our play, the way that we've been playing, that you knew us for, has just kind of, I'd say, fallen to pieces, but it's just been really patchy. 
because he's our record signing, 13.5 million, brought him from Celtic, um, uh, a centre-back with Rolls-Royce of a centre-back, as I say, to puts the ball at feet, picks it up, you know, really calms the defence, runs up with the ball at his feet. And he's he's been, honestly, he's, he's unbelievable. And out for three or four months, I went to Port Vale in the Cup and he came back for the first time since October in that match. And I completely forgot what he was all about until he picked up the ball. And next minute he was in the Port Vale penalty area. And I thought, oh my God, I completely forgot what I was about. But he's still easing him back. So he didn't play against, um, he didn't play against Man United. He was on the bench for Man United because we, you know, obviously we can't play him too much because we've got to make sure we don't break him. But I'm sure that, you know, um, I, I want to say sure, but I'm, I, you know, I would like to think that he's going to come back against Wolves because it's a big game against against you guys and uh, let's see what he's he's going to do but he's he's a, honestly he's a fab player but for me and again I'm not knocking us at the moment now because we have got a lot of injuries and we're also looking to sign a couple of players or a few players we're looking to sign a, a right wing back we're trying to sign a left back we're putting a, an offers for a few left backs as well from different continents as well which we, we do know who they are decided but we're not not privy to say at the moment now as well we're, uh, we've also got a uh, a winger that we've gone in for. We've gone in for a Ukrainian winger who's meant to be pretty hot as well. And we put a bid in for him. Again, they're stalling on that to see what's going to happen. And also everyone knows that there's a Brennan Johnson um, bids that we've gone in for where we've been we've been tracking him for quite a while, actually, since the last window as well from Nottingham Forest. He's, a, he's quite a tidy player who plays for Forest as well. So we've been tracking him from, from before this, well, obviously for a long time, but the summer we went in for him and we didn't quite get him in the summer. And we're kind of going for him again. And that's something that we miss. We miss pace in our side. We miss real pace in our side. So, you know, since Bonarama left, we, we, we've missed that. We've, we've managed to deal without it, you know. But, you know, to get him to get a player in with pace is actually going to give us different options where a player can actually pick the ball, run at the opposition and give them something to think about. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of, you know, where, where we're at, you know, with the players who are actually in the side and the players who potentially might be coming in. Um, but like I said to you, for me, I'm just looking at picking up points here and there between now and maybe sort of March and April when our full team comes back. Because I think when our full team comes back, we're going to be very much more like the team that you saw that played you down at down at Molyneux back in, in September. But at the moment now, we are pretty much finger in the dam, just trying to get through this tricky period and then get on to the next phase. You mentioned Pace a few moments ago. He was reporting in the Telegraph earlier on this evening that Wolves have rejected a £15 million bid from Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur for uh, Adama Traore. We'll get we'll talk about the transfer fee in a moment, but you're not allowed the default answer of Adama Traore. Who are you concerned about from our lineup, uh, Billy? It's funny because you said that. I mean, obviously, I remember I said Traore last time to you. And, uh, and 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 everyone was a little bit kind of unimpressed by my answer because you were saying that he can't put the ball into the back of the net, like you know. Um, but you know, I just I I thought that you know he he is a player who potentially again it's about potential can actually cause you know cause, cause people problems. So I think that's quite interesting that Tottenham are putting a bid for him as well. I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't know how serious that you think it is, but um, you know. But other than that, I mean, who who would I say who's um who 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 um kind of a, li- a little bit nervous about I'd say probably um oh dear sorry I'd say oh, oh sorry, I'd say oh, I don't know Connor Cody old school you know what I'm saying um Jimenez maybe I don't know maybe Jimenez you know at the end of the day it, it's going to be interesting to see the battle up between our defenders and uh and and your guys you know and, yeah, and your guys 
You should fear the lot of us because we're fucking wolves and we're the best team in the world, mate. <laughs> that is right. I mean, I'm there was no, that. you know what, Luke? I'm glad you've jumped in there because there was literally no fear whatsoever, was there? Just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got, you got, anyone. you got Connor me. Cody, you got flipping John Martino's 59 years old. Don't worry about him. <laughs> Come on, Billy, give us something. Who are you scared of? Uh, listen, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you caught me on. You caught me on. You caught me on the up there. I didn't. I didn't do the old. I've done, I've done, the, I've done the old research. But I, I, listen, I'd say no. I'd say uh, I, 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 I don't know. I just you know. I, I, it, it, and listen, at the end of the day, if you think the more shit, Billy, just say. Just say. No, if you no, think that shit, right. Billy, get it off your chest. <laughs> you've already done us. You've done us two nil already this season. <laughs> Um, the only thing I can remember about Brentford in, in your club's history is that tweet where you put retweet if you're top of the league and the Wolves fans used to retweet it every single week after we beat you to the top in the league one. <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was a, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> it still feels like yesterday to me, Billy, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm caught in a bit of a time lapse where I don't know what year it is anymore, but it, it feels like yesterday to me. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. But um, no, I'm going to go, listen, let, let me go, let me go, let me go him and his, so. You know what I'm saying? Let me just let me go him and his because at the end of the day, is who's gonna um it's it's about the battle between, you know, your your guys up front and, and our guys in the middle. And we have also uh we've got a mistake in us in our defence at the moment now. You know what I'm saying? And I wanna see how we potentially can shore that up if Aya comes back in, if Henry comes back in, because that's really important because when we played you early on in the season, we were one of the top three um tightest defences in the league. Um, and, and we were, and that's that's what kind of that was a cornerstone of, of, of what we we're about. And then after that, we were kind of nicking goals here and nicking wins here or there. Um, since, like I said to you, since October, we had the players out. You know, so that we've gone back down to being kind of what I'd say one of the top, say bottom six or bottom seven uh, worst defenses in the league. Okay, and the, the defense has got a mistake in them. So that for me is going to be the key battle to see what's happening there. Yeah, midfield's got to be very important. But it's kind of like, you know, sometimes we do a lot of really good things and then we make that stupid mistake. So it's kind of like if you've got your your your, your strikers on the ball and our defenders are not on the ball, that's kind of where the game could be uh, lost or won. I don't know about uh, you, uh, Luke and Kim. I think one of the key areas for me, like you just mentioned, Billy, earlier on, is uh, missing David Raya uh, in between your sticks because I don't think Lossell or Fernandez have cottoned on that you can change your goalie gloves midway through a game to waste a bit of time no 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 they can't they can't do that but to be fair you know the the goalkeeper gloves that david raya had down at uh, molyneux were were very fragile you see and uh, and they need to be they need to be put on in a particular type of way it, it'd been uh, gardening in the morning and you know that's right so uh, so i think that to be fair and like i said to you i mean this is one of those things that maybe we, you know we should have sort of kind of put the information out beforehand how, uh, how how difficult it is to to remove and put on those particular type of gloves but i thought he did a good job in it at the end of the day though david thankfully well, um, the, the government restrictions so have been lifted on gloves now <laughs> Wolves fans were so bitter about that time wasting for about two months Literally, you couldn't. I would do there. Um, Are you still bit now? And waste time. <laughs> but but, but uh, listen, listen, I you know, listen, I I, I hear that, and and you know, listen, you've everyone's you know 
entitled to that, you know, because at the end of the day, we do the same thing where we go away and we sit down there and and, I, and people call it time wasting, whether or not it's called time management, which, which whatever you want to call it. But what time we thought was quite interesting yeah. was you talked about yeah. us sort of kind of our time management for the game against you. And then if I remember rightly, you did exactly the same thing. It was a week or two yeah. later. Was it the Tottenham never game or the make, Southampton game? Never got the wrong side, Billy. Got the wrong yeah. side. You think exactly. about it. Never do that. Think, exactly the same thing. I remember. <laughs> never happened. And it was uh, it was commented on. So listen, all we all we're going to say is that you know, listen, if you give it, you've got to take it as well. So like we do it sometimes, and then, we, and then we've had it done back to us, or initially she was done to us, and then we've finally, after about seven years, have learned actually kind of how to do it because Nottingham Forest used to do it to us. All teams used to do it to us. God, you know, I mean, Nottingham Forest was the worst ones that used to do it. Actually, what's his name in goal? God, you know, he he knew how to wind people up, but. You know, at the end of the day, like I said to you, you know, they have to give it, give it and take it. And we've, you know, we've had games after that where teams are just, you know, oh, Man City are the best. Man City, oh, Man City, brilliant. Literally, like, you know, you just blow at them and they're, they're falling over, rolling all over the place, like, you know. So, um, Man City, it's the yeah. fouls that they give away. Those tactical yeah. fouls. And they never get booked. And no. everybody knows what they're doing because no. they've been doing it ever since Pep's been in charge. That's yeah. what does my head about Man City. Yeah, no, they're very, they're very good at that. But you know, they listen. Foden, Foden, you know, he wobbles, but he don't fall down. He set dirt, definitely does fall down. And it, again, we had to, we had to just put our hands up and say, okay, that's fair enough. Well, you know, that's kind of what they're doing. It's up to the ref to decide to have control of the game and see, see what he's going to do. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's whoever's in control of that game who's going to, you know, who's going to actually kind of, you know, make things move on as it, as, as it goes, and teams will try and get away with what they can try and get away with to try and control that game. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Man United yesterday, when they saw we were coming back into it to a certain extent at the back end, all of a sudden they started to fall over. McTominay started to fall over. They were all falling over the place and rolling over and getting cramp and everything like that because they knew that they had to stop the momentum that we kind of had towards the back end of the game because you could see with Man United, if you actually go at them, they start to crumble a little bit, you know, and we had a little moment where all of a sudden it's a score goal. If you scored a second goal, that could have been a sort of kind of very nervous 10 minutes. So they did what they had to do with all their tricks, like, you know, and uh, and they managed to kind of quell that moment. So uh, you understand that. And, uh, you know, the argument obviously from the fans was the referee, you've lost control. You don't know what you're doing. But like I said to you, you know, it, it's, it, it swings around about, you know, you, you do it some weeks, other teams do it other weeks. And that's kind of the way it goes. Uh, we're midway through the, the Premier League season now. Game week 23 is nearly upon us. Uh, looking at those uh, fixtures this weekend, obviously Wolves away at Brentford on, at three o'clock. Any fixtures there that uh, you'll be looking out for with a bit more intent, uh, Luke? Um, yeah, I think the ones that stand out from our point of view, you've got Manu West Ham. Uh, that's a game we should keep a close eye on. Chelsea, Tottenham... And at the bottom end of the table, I like the look of Leeds Newcastle. That could be an interesting one. Sorry what about Donald. you, Kim. Pretty much the same. I think you you'd like to think that Leicester maybe could slip up against Brighton. You never know. Um, they're not too far behind us. And Six points behind uh, Wolves at the moment. Leicester with two games in hand. Obviously, that two defeat last night. I don't know if you, if any of you caught that game. Unbelievable scenes at the end for the Tottenham fans. That is why you love football, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like those kind of games where literally they didn't even have a hope of getting a draw, never mind a win. Amazing scenes. 
it was it was Villa Wolves vibes, wasn't it? How like that comeback yeah. was. Um, I want to try and put you all on the spot for a second here. Obviously, Billy's got um, high optimism that Brentford will stay up this season. Who are the three teams for you that are sort of destined to be playing West Brom next season? I wouldn't say destined, but I think that the teams, and again, I'm saying this because what I'm going to do is I'm going to diplomatically just take ourselves out of the picture to say that, you know, listen, if if we're not in that relegation thing, I'm not saying that we're not going to be, but I'm just saying if we aren't out of it, looking at the other teams who I believe are going to be in, and I, and I think that um, Norwich, um, I think it's going to be Norwich. I think it's going to be uh, Burnley. Uh, no, Norwich, Burnley, Newcastle and Watford are the four teams who are going to be in that mixer. And the reason why I say that is that Norwich, um, even though interestingly, you know, where they are, you know, they've, they've, they've picked up a few points recently. And, you know, if they go on a few runs, you know, they could be, you know, they could be out of it. But um, they played us and they beat us, actually. It's their first game where they beat us. And then they sat their manager about an hour after beating us, which was, which was quite bizarre. Um, and uh, we played them in the first half again. They caught us out and we fluffed it again. But in the second half, we absolutely battered them. But we just, again, couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. But after that, I just thought, you know, actually, tell you something, you know, Norwich might, you know, they've got Dean Smith, who we know very well. I thought Norwich would get out of this. I thought they'd do OK, you know. But since then, they picked up literally hardly any points. And I was thinking, God, it must be just really hard because when you're down there, if you're not picking up any points, then, you know, it doesn't matter what the teams are doing above you. It's going to be really difficult. Yes, I think they, they got a win the other day against Everton, actually, which is like, you know, which has actually kind of boosted them. Um, but I just, I'm not quite sure about Norwich. I just think that, it is quite hard the position they're in. So I'm looking at them. Um, Newcastle. Now, I went to Newcastle. Um, Hill, 3,000 of us, well, probably more than that, went up to Newcastle. What a weekend that was. I mean, again, I've been there before. Oh, it's just a brilliant weekend. Fantastic stadium, atmosphere, free all game. Honestly, it took the whole family. Absolutely almost bankrupted myself. Like, you know, went up there for three days. Like, you know, it was great, though. And, um, and so we, don't, we actually don't want Newcastle to go down because we actually want to go out there next season. And after we played them, you know, they, um, I thought they were up front. They were great, like, you know, um, you know. Can I stop you there for a second, Billy? Can I stop you there? Luke, Kim, do you like, do you want Newcastle to go down? Yeah. Yeah. Billy, you do know you can go to Newcastle any other weekend in the year. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not the same when you go there for football, man. It's, 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 it's it's great. And the thing is, I, I found Newcastle a little bit, I thought it was a bit cliched because everyone, like, when they go to, um, Sunderland or they go to, um, Borough, they go, oh, we're going to Newcastle for the weekend. And we're like, oh, that's a bit cliche. When you go to Borough, because it's a great night out. Sunderland is great. But all, and so I've been to Newcastle a few times uh, in and around when Brentford are not playing at Newcastle, because obviously we were never in the same league as them, except for one time. But I went out this time, and it honestly, it was wicked. But, you know, coming back to that, you know, um, then after that, after they got the point against us, they, they again, they couldn't, win, they couldn't win for Toffee. And I was thinking, cool. And they keep just letting in goals. There's so many goals they were letting in. And I was thinking, this is going to be quite hard for them. So Newcastle, I think, you know, are in a bit of a precarious position. You know, I know they've got loads of money, but it's going to be hard to bring players in in the situation that you're at. You know, they've bought, you know, they spent a lot of money on Trippier, which is, I think, is quite interesting. You know, but it's about, you know, having a real proper structure rather than just buying players willy-nilly, you know, just to try and kind of just, just get them out of a predicament. And then the third team was difficult because it's between Burnley and, and Watford, I thought. But we, when we played Burnley, we went there and again, it's quite funny because all the bottom teams, we sort of seemed to struggle against. Um, we went to Burnley. I mean, it took us about five hours to get there or six hours. But, you know, freezing cold, snowy, rainy, horrible, um, you know, um, rail replacement service. And then we got there into the stadium 
and they just battered us. Like in the first half, we were they were outside, and they played really, really good football. Like you know, what I'm saying they on the floor, passing game, pressing game was totally on point, and they beat us. And we just put our hands up and said, "You are better than us." Like you know, end of story. And I said to them after that, I said, "If they can continue to play like that, Burnley, they ain't gonna have any problems. They're gonna stay in this league." But again, they've sort of had tricky time, as in not sort of being able to maintain that. Um, and then we played Watford and then we played Watford and they were pretty terrible, I've got to be honest with you, when we played them. So I'm sort of thinking to myself that Watford may be the third team of uh, Newcastle and Norwich that's going to be going down. And I'm going to say this, though, from my outside bet on this one, even though there is a big gap between that those four and the next team, Everton, we played Everton, they came down to us and they are were by far the worst team that we played this season. They were terrible. And we beat them one nil, a horrible, scrappy game. But and it's a Sunday afternoon. You probably probably turned off if you were watching it on TV because it was terrible, you know. But they were they they were, and, and I'm not I'm saying this with all due respect to Everton fans as well because I'm not disrespecting them because I know that you could be, you know, they might have had a terrible game against us and be better week after. But I stayed with an Everton fan when I ended up to Liverpool last weekend as well, and she was just, you know, she was saying we we really are terrible and our club's soul's been ripped out of it and all this kind of stuff. But they really were quite bad as well and if they continue to play like they did against us they can actually get drawn into it I'm thinking you know I know they've got a new manager coming but honestly it was I was I was quite shocked because I didn't they had a great start to the season they looked really good at the start of the season Everton but they've just got they've properly gone downhill and I thought Newcastle looked better than them I thought Norwich in the first half looked better than them Burnley looked 10 times better than than than, than Everton did like you know when we played them so um, we'll see Who's your money on to get relegated, Kim, if, if, just if you can keep it quick? Um, I think, to be honest, the ones that are currently in the relegation zone, so Burnley, Newcastle and Norwich, I suppose, I think that Watford will have enough just purely because I think they can put the ball in the net as opposed to, I feel like I don't see where Burnley's goals, Newcastle's goals and Norwich's goals are going to come from because I think lately they haven't been scoring. Especially Burnley, I feel like, even though I know they've got a few games in hand, I feel like this is the time that they're actually not going to get themselves out of it. Um, The only other outside bet I'd say, and I think they're probably far enough ahead, is Leeds. Now, I think this depends on how quickly all of their injured players come back. I think, is it Bamford, um, Calvin Phillips? I know they've been out for a fair amount of time. So I think it depends if they get their, their team back. Obviously, they'll be fine. It's just I think they're really, they've got a really thin squad at the moment. So I, I know they beat West Ham the other day. But, yeah, I think they're a bit hit and miss. So maybe they're an outside bet to get dragged in. Um, but, but that yeah. Luke, I, as you're aware, went up to Liverpool last Friday to fast-track uh, a new passport. If Wolves don't finish in that fourth place, who's finishing fourth this season? Uh, Who laughed then? Who laughed? Who laughed about Wolves finishing fourth? Then I heard a no, giggle. I if Wolves don't finish fourth, it will be Arsenal. What's your what's your opinions on that, Billy? Obviously, there's a few teams fighting out for fourth place. We're only six points behind West Ham with two games in hand. There, yeah. I thought. I'll tell you something. I thought. I thought. You know, I wanted. I wanted to go for the outside and say West Ham so they can upset the apple cart. But I think that Arsenal actually they've turned it around form wise. 
even though I think they're speaking, I think they're uh, they're, they're looking like they're going out of the cup as, as we speak. But that's a different story altogether. But form wise, um, even though we beat them at the beginning of the season, I actually watched the game back afterwards, and when I looked at the game, everyone was slagging them off, saying they were t- really terrible. Then I looked at the game and thought, actually, they they actually weren't that bad. They just didn't score. But you know, but other than that, they actually their play was actually quite good. So I think they've built upon that this season. And now, actually, they're actually playing some decent football. So, I think they will probably sneak into the fourth spot. Let's get back to our game on Saturday. Because obviously, that's the biggest game in the world of football this weekend. What's your score prediction, Billy? I'm going to go... I'm going to go for... Uh, we can't seem to keep a clean sheet. Uh, which probably means it's going to be nil <laughs> No, So, I'm going to go for a, a one-off draw. I'll be, I'll be happy with the point. I'll be honest with you. What about you, Luke? One, one. Maybe we can sneak it to one in the 98th minute after Brentford have wasted multiple <laughs> minutes of time during the game. Where's your money? You on are a bitter weekend, man, Luke. Luke. <laughs> Where's your money, Kim? Um, I'm going to be positive again, but I'm only going to go one nil Wolves this time. Another clean sheet. Ninety fourth minute, Kilmanetta. Oh, we'd love a bit of that, wouldn't we, Loki? Oh, if Kilman get, if Kilman scores, right, I'll tell you now. If Kilman scores on Saturday, we'll let you in the fan club. As well. Uh, no, it's closed. Closed oh. for all participants now. It is closed. You had to be there. To open it up. No, no, no. You had to be there from the start. We'll have to have a look at the paperwork when it arrives, Luke. It's it's on debate that if you think um, you can do a better job than us four on screen, Wars made a signing this week, but the fan casters are, are looking to take on new members. Uh, any gender, eighteen years or older, because we've got Stu and he can't be trusted. Um, <laughs> got to be devoted to Wars and obviously be willing to appear on YouTube. If you're interested in joining the Wars fan cast, giving your opinion, just want to talk about football. Slide in our DMs or email us at podcast at wallsfancast.com. Billy, as always, been a pleasure having you on. Hopefully, um, I'll catch a glimpse of you in the Armen Sorkin on Saturday. Well, we'll see, actually. But thanks for inviting me on. And like I said to you, you know, look, anything can happen in the football game, as we say on our podcast, Pride of West Stop London, by the way. Um, you know, all I want to do is I want to make sure that we do all right to, to stay to the end of the season so like I said to you I'm not expecting the world but I'm just keeping my fingers crossed we can get three stroke four more wins this season and that will do me and that's how how many 18 games left three or four wins I mean they're not used to this being in the championship don't forget you know you know you do win a lot more games than that if you're at the top so this is a bit of a weird division where you're thinking one game one win a month that will do us like you know well but you know we get, we're, we're happy to be here uh, just one last question before you, you go, Billy. Uh, where are you advising Wolves fans to be partaking in the alcoholic activities this weekend? Oh, yeah. So, Wolves fans, you will enjoy it because basically the Brentford drinking zone has been increased now, now that we've moved our stadium 15 minutes walk down the road. So, the Wolves fan that used to come before, a um, couple of the pubs that were around uh, the, the old stadium, particularly the Griffin, that's still open as well if people want to go there for a bit of old school. So there's a few pubs around the old stadium which are there if you want to go to. So you get up at Brentford Station and you go there. Also, there's the, the Globe pub, which is where the, the London Wolves and them lot, as a lot, lot of Wolves fans know about that. So they drink in there, the Globe pub as well. 
which is by the Great West Road, which is about 15 minutes walk from the new stadium and also the Lord Nelson. So that's still open as well. So you can still do that little pub run down from Northfield Station all the way down to the Nelson and the Globe and then maybe down to the Griffin and uh, maybe the Black Dog. So that's the sort of kind of Brentford zone. And also, if you want to, there's the Q zone, which are the pubs, which are almost right on top of the station, like, you know, on, on top of the stadium, which are right by Cubridge Station as well, which is uh, people like the, like the Express Tavern, which is right next to it. But it's going to get quite packed and it's going to be quite difficult to get drink there. One over the eight, which is over the other side as well. Then there's a load of pubs down on Strand on the Green, which is a really posh strip right by the river where uh, all the residents tried to stop our stadium from coming there because they were worried it's going to be full of football fans, but it didn't quite happen. So there's a few pubs down there as well, like I think it's the Bull's Head and the and the sort of the, the, the Bell and a few others by the river. And then if you go over Kewbridge, there's a few pubs over there as well. So literally there are probably about 25 or 30 pubs in and around Brentford that Bulls fans can go to. My recommendation is going to the Brentford area because it's properly old school and you can actually go to the bar and have a drink there. But they're still all lively enough for you to uh, get a football atmosphere as well. You can wear your colours. There's no segregation in any of the pubs, unlike in, in Wolverhampton. I know it's quite hard for away fans to get a drink, but in Brentford, literally, you can go to any pub. As long as you've got manners, as you say, you could you know, have a drink, have a chat, buy you a beer and you'll have a good time. Trust me, it's, it's always been like that. And we, we'd like to keep it like that. Did you say there was about 25 pubs to choose from? Yeah, seriously. Seriously. Imagine in doing, fact, you imagine doing dry now. January now. <laughs> <laughs> imagine yeah, doing dry January, Kim. Imagine doing dry January with a white shit like that. Yeah, no, we, 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 we're, we're very, I think we're very lucky because people sort of think, Brentford, where is that? But I don't know where, because it's, um, it's, it's an old industrial area with a great West road where there's a lot of old, old factories and the road used to sort of kind of trucks used to come in and the factories used to take, you know, all the goods out to wherever it is. And they've also got a canal there. And I don't know if that's the reason why there's so many kind of pubs, maybe for all the workers in around that zone, but there's honestly, there are so many. And if you check out, tomorrow which is friday besotted.com which is uh, our website as well we will do a, a wolves uh, fan guide as well so we'll do a guide for the game like a preview for the game which will also have our podcast on there as well but also it's got more importantly a pub guide where it's got like a lot of the pubs inside there so if wolf fans want to check out where to go just check out besotted.com the match preview and it's got a little pub guide there so you can check that out Thank you, Billy. If you remember, like I mentioned earlier in the in the previous Brentford Wolves podcast, I predicted Wolves to win 4-0, and I'm going to make a prediction now. We'll see you next season on the podcast. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. You can take that either way. You can take Touch that either way. Touch wood. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. See you soon. All right, then. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Cheers. Bye. Billy there from the Besotted podcast. We'll have ourselves a little break and then we'll do ourselves a little quiz, shall we? Shall we? Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Hi everyone, Matt from Walls Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my Wonder Kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Yep. Fancast quiz round sponsored by Pixel Yeti Media. Right, it's Luke versus Kim this week. Um, um, 
I forgot to ask Gully, should have really been in here, but he'll come on again next week. Um, right, before we do the quiz, because I've just completely just jumped a segment, Wolves made the signing of Chiquinho this week. Hopefully he'll be in the uh, match day squad uh, away to Brentford. 5.5 million for the fancy Premier League players out there. Um, excitement for this signing, Luke? I don't really know much about him, to be fair. So I checked him out on YouTube. He looks all right, but then so did Stefan Meyerhofer. So I can't really take much from it. What I'll have to do is. Majanji Bear looked unreal on YouTube. But what I'll do is, um, I'm actually three seasons in my football manager save, so I'll see how he's getting on on there. Right. Let's make my judgment on that because it will be facts. Let's jump to the. He literally, he's going to be, he's going to be a Dharma Troy always replacement, isn't he? I called it on Sunday in the podcast. That's what it is. Traore is going to go to Tottenham for twenty million. It'll be an absolute world beater at right back. That I'm, yeah, you know it. He'll sign a new deal. He'll sign a new deal. Right, mean picture lined up for the uh, the Twitter account if Adama goes uh, this month. Uh, five years ago today, Wolves lost three-one away to Norwich City. Matt Doherty had to go in goal that day after Carla Kimi got himself sent off. Who scored for Wolves that day? I hate it when you do quizzes. I hate these years things. ago. Five. I, I, I could have went 1994-95 season if you wanted to, but I'd give you a chance. Who scored that day? So I think five years ago. Think like who who were some of our better players, and just use a bit of logic, and then just just put an answer out there. John Daddy Budvarson. Luke. <laughs> Matt Doherty. He's in goal, you know. He won goal for ninety minutes. <laughs> Scored from in goal. Right, that was a that was a thing that people pulled me up on Twitter today because I I made the joke about who who in today's uh, current squad do you think would go in goal if Jose Sar got sent off and we ran out of subs. Neves, Neves, Neves has been in goal. Like Neves, on the train Neves has been seen at yeah. Compton, hasn't he? Doing like little yeah. saves and stuff. What what's the what's the same for you, Luke? When a person, like in a sports hall, goals in goal, but that can just come out. What's the phrase? Fly, fly, fly keeper. keeper. I had loads of people saying it's not fly keeper, it's rush goalie. No, we like rush goalie. It's fly keeper. Yeah, and that's so just the end. If of you're the listening game. and you pulled me up on Twitter for rush goalie today. Shut your pie face. <laughs> the correct answer was held Costa from a penalty spot. <sighs> Second question, because you mentioned mentioned him, Kim. John Daddy Bodvarsson signed for Bolton Wanderers today. He scored three uh, goals for Wolves in his in his career. Can you name the three teams he scored against? I'll give you a point for each. Uh, is this open to anyone? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, okay. t- I'll take three answers off your age. I'm going to say, no, I'll let Kim go first. Ladies first. I'll, I'll go Reading. Um, Rotherham. And QPR. Luke? Reading and Rotherham. I don't know if she's got it with QPR or not. Bear in mind, I'm not sure if Reading and Rotherham are right. Rotherham, 100% is. And Reading, Rotherham, Blues. 
the correct answer was Rotherham, Birmingham City, and oh. Bristol City. Oh, I'll take that. Oh. I'll take that. Right. Last question. 2007-2008 season, who were the two Wolves players shown in the away kit? Um, Andrew Sermon and Andy Keogh. Kim? Mm. Kevin Foley? Lewis Goburn? Oh, Lewis Goburn's a great show. Unfortunately, it's wrong. The correct answers was Andy Keogh and Mark Little. Oh, Look how far we've come from Mark Little uh, being the, the poster boy for the away kit. So, what's, do I get a medal or anything? Y your prize is in the post, along with um, Kim's application to the Kilman Club. <laughs> and on that note, we'll. Uh, call tonight's episode to an end thanks for those who tuned in tonight commented uh dean marsden's comment saying poor stew just the facts are out there you just need to open your mind to what he's at what he's capable of <laughs> thanks to everyone who continues to support the wolves fan cast a part of the 90 minute network as always hopefully we'll see you again on sunday with our post-match podcast with hopefully a win over brentford goodbye for now <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.